Welcome to Illumin for Parents. It's Brisbane Girls Grammar School's attempt to share some perhaps practical wisdom from people in our community. I'm Jacinda Ryla, the principal, and today your host. Today I'm joined by Mrs Anne Ingram, our Deputy Principal, and Donald Pincott, our School Mindfulness Coordinator, and of course also our Head of Visual Art. To start our conversation today, I thought perhaps you might both share a little bit about your background and the roles that you fulfil within our student care program at Girls Grammar. Thank you, Jacinda. I've been at the school for quite a while now and started my journey through student care as a head of house. And then I moved into Dean of Students and then Deputy Principal Students. And so I enjoy working with the staff in student care very much, overseeing the programs at the moment. And Donald, tell us a little bit about your involvement in our student care program. My involvement in the student care program started in 2014 when I was chosen by a head of counselling, Jodie Forbes, to go away and train in the International .B program, which is a mindfulness program especially for students. And since that time, I've gradually metamorphosized into somebody who touches many areas of the school, staff and students, teaching and facilitating mindfulness. Anna and Donald, today we're talking about stress. Of course, that's one of the unavoidable aspects of life for secondary school students and indeed for all of us in life in general. We know that high levels of stress can be detrimental to the health of adolescents and it's believed that about two-thirds of young people experience levels of exam stress that uh, Reach Out, an organisation that works with young people, describes as worrying. Some of those early experiences of anxiety and stress can also set a precedent for mental health concerns in adulthood. So it's an area that we're particularly interested in. But Anne, with your background in science, I know that you're particularly interested in the neurological development of our students. How does stress affect the adolescent's developing brain? Thanks, Jacinda. It really is an interesting topic and one that I was lucky enough to co-present with Donald at a recent parent seminar. We know that the adolescent brain is far less developed than we once thought. We know that adolescents tend to use an alternative part of their brain, part of their emotive brain called the amygdala, rather than the prefrontal cortex that assists them with reasoning and, and processing information. And so as a result, in just your average teenager, we see a decrease in reasoned thinking and an increase in impulsiveness and all sorts of other behaviours that go along with that. When we add stress into it, we see the impacts of adrenaline and cortisol, which are the two stress hormones that, that affect us when we are under stress. And so we will see our teens being quite revved up, almost like that red cordial high that we talk about. They become less flexible and more rigid. And when they're under these impacts of these hormones, it's harder to change their mood. It also leads to um, what we call the amygdala hijack, which is this flight, fight, freeze response. And it makes it very difficult for them to engage with their work and with each other. 
And Dan, I know um, you often talk about the importance of, I guess, framing stress in, in that how we think about stress can change how we respond to it. And why do you think it's important that we actually learn to see stress as normal? And how can young people start to think about stress as a tool rather than a barrier to success? Yes, this is an area that I'm really interested in and I speak to the senior students about this each year. We talk about the positive attributes of stress and I always start by saying to the girls that stress is a normal reaction and truly stress reminds us that we care. So when girls are stressed, they're stressed because they're worried about their grades, their academic progress and they care about that deeply. Stress also allows us to be able to connect directly with the most challenging and important aspects of our lives at any given time. So it is very useful for us there. And the wonderful thing too is that good stress, and sometimes even bad stress, can bring unexpected benefits in in the form of personal growth. And we speak about that with the students. So that theoretical understanding is important, but also I know parents are always looking for some very practical tips. What are some of the strategies we can encourage in our students so that they can use them in times of stress? We talk about, you know, just the very basic things like adequate sleep and regular physical activity. Unfortunately, in high schools, as students move towards year 12, their sleep reduces and their physical activity reduces as well. We know that mindfulness and meditation are really important. We've seen the the impact of that on our students, but also so important is the role that family plays, the rituals that families have, whether it's the Sunday roast, you know, those sorts of things mm. girls will hold on to. Social connectivity, of course, and particularly with our girls, is essential. And that tend and befriend response is what we want to nurture rather than this fight, flight, freeze response, which, of course, increases the cortisol in their systems. But laughter and levity and music are wonderful antidotes to stress as well as um, experience in green space, which is an area that I'm also very interested in. And then structurally across the school, obviously the mindfulness program is something that we've devoted a great deal of time, energy, resources and expertise, primarily of you, I must say, Donald, right from its inception. What is the theory behind this mindfulness program's approach and how do our students learn it and use it? How it begins is all students in Year 8 do the .B course, which is a structured program derived from Cambridge, Oxford and Exeter universities in the UK, evidence-based, research-based. It has a series of themes, so the students are introduced to a variety of practices that they can take away and use at home. So that's quite formal. All students in Year 8 do it, so at the moment by Year 12, everyone has done a structured program. At the same time, we have special roll calls where teachers can book a mindfulness teacher to come in and run activities that perhaps a little more informal. And what's really exciting about what's happened in the school is lots of teachers also do mindfulness and very seriously and authentically, and so that mindset of a person doing mindfulness can penetrate through classes, all sorts of activities, everywhere. So it's quite organic. Management of the school do mindfulness regularly in their meetings, directors, heads of house. So it's become something that sits under and amongst everything that we do. 
And it was always our view that it needed to be authentic and it mm. needed to take time to seed and, and grow through the school. Mm. And that's certainly been our experience. But mm. Anne mentioned, of course, academic pressures are often one of the largest or most significant stresses in a teenager's life. Donald, how do you encourage girls to harness that stress about exams or assignments? We talk to the girls in a variety of settings. So part of my role is I visit years 9, 10, 11 and 12 year level assemblies and I do practices with the girls but also talk about strategies. And really the basis of what we do is about self-awareness. Now these are teenagers. Not everyone is going to buy into it deeply but in our respectful climate at this school everyone is supportive. And so even the idea of simply stop what you're doing, take a breath, because we know that slow breathing activates the parasympathetic nervous system, calms the body, even to know something as simple as that is really an effective tool. And at this time of great uncertainty in contemporary society, parents are dealing with their own stress, of course, and we know that young people watch, they observe, they learn from their parents, most importantly. So, Donald, what can parents do to model dealing with their own stress appropriately? <laughs> First thing, turn off your phone, mm. because we know that that's not good for our minds. Also, to simply stop what one is doing but to cultivate the awareness of knowing what one is doing. Do you know you're stressed? Are you aware if you feel pains in your chest or you're tense or sweating or anxious? Like, do you know that? And then if parents model the behaviour of self-awareness to their students, students see that too. Mm -hmm. And to be given the permission to actually stop what you're doing. And there's one word that I love amongst all of this, and it's the idea of having perspective and asking yourself the question, is what I'm doing that important? Is it worth getting upset about it? Are people saying to their children, what matters most in life? What is important? And that's the beginning of self-awareness. But it always comes back to the body because we live in a body and by calming the body, calming the breath, we calm the mind. And Donald, what signs of stress should parents be looking out for or what, what sorts of things might they be aware of? I'm going to say it again, too much time on phones, too much technology, being a little bit anxious, talking too much, finding it difficult to focus, especially finding it difficult to sleep at night, finding it difficult to slow down. And Anne, at what point do you think parents ought to intervene? So when they see their daughter or their child starting to become overwhelmed by stress, what, what is that tipping point, would you say? Oh, look, the tipping point is interesting. We, we work with the girls around stress to, first of all, name it. And if they're able to do that, that reduces the cortisol response. And it's also about, I think, you know, before we get to how stress can become debilitating, once they've reduce that cortisol response they can also accept their natural body's responses to stress and and see it as a coping tool you know oh my my hands are sweaty because my body's getting me ready to compete those sorts of thoughts but when their stress does become debilitating that's when they are losing concentration and focus they're struggling with their schoolwork 
they're not sleeping, they're having issues with their friendships perhaps. Those are the sorts of triggers I think that parents need to look out for. And parents can naturally know when things just aren't right, what's going on. We know our kids the best and I think we we use that judgment all the time. And and that, the importance of being with members of your family. I'm an advocate for the evening meal, sitting at the table together, sharing, talking about the day. That's when you're going to hear and tune in to things that perhaps aren't going quite so well. Anne and Donald, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Jacinda. Thank you. You have been listening to Illumin, a podcast by Brisbane Girls Grammar School. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And to learn more about the school, visit the website at www.bggs.qld.edu.au.